Hello everyone and welcome to Showhoppers, The Lost, uh, Season 1, Episode 4, Walkabouts. Uh, spoiler warnings for Lost and spoiler warning for The Leftovers, up to Season 1, Episode 4. I'm Kurt, I'm here with uh, the magnificent Mr. Sal. Mr. Sal, how are Hi. you? Hi! Magnificent Mr. Sal, I like that. Yeah, no, there you go, I thought I'd be polite today and you know, give you a bit of a nice introduction. <laughs> how nice of you. Unlike you do for me, but you know, we, we won't look well, at that. But... <laughs> now I have to try to top it next week. Right, next week. Thank God I had you go first. <laughs> <laughs> of course, nobody knows that. So. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we we have already recorded the leftover season one, episode four. So this, yes. is, this is our second podcast of the, of the week. So uh, housekeeping, let's go over our ratings. We messed up for the leftovers one. Okay, sure. Initial initial viewpoint on this episode. I'm really so, curious how you feel about it. I I'll actually just go with mine quick. I thought of this episode higher in memory and watching it, still good, not as good as I remember it. I want to know if you lived up to the hype. Okay, so I, we have we have to understand that I was pretty hyped about this episode because yes. John Locke is is a living legend in yes. my mind. I don't even I have no justification for that. By the way, it's just. It's, <laughs> in my mind like he he's the character i was most excited about coming in so knowing that this was a john Locke centric episode i was very excited about it um i liked it didn't love it i i, I liked tabula, tabula tabula rosa tabula rasa mm-hmm. episode three much more of course i say much more i gave that a nine i give this an eight i, I i'd give it on the kurt scale seven Good episode. okay Though the John Locke scenes, I give highest like nine or so. I, I really like the John Locke scenes. Oh, John, John Locke is fantastic. He's great. He's great. Colonel John Locke, in fact. Colonel John, Colonel Locke, Colonel Locke. Yes. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about this chronologically, or do you want to talk about it per? per uh, I, let's start. Let's let's go as chronologically as we can. Right. I think that that format tends to work better. Right. So, right. so uh, start of the episode. We see John awake. Uh, and and I don't know how soon you noticed but we see it it shows his foot first every time he's kind of like oh yeah no i noticed it right away i noticed it right away he wiggles his toe he looks at it kind of with with a little bit of element of a element of joy and uh immediately i'm like okay either he couldn't walk (laughs) wow Basically, he couldn't walk. <laughs> you are you are much smarter than I. I when I first saw this episode, I was like, ah, you know, you know, it's listening. And then like the end scene when they like reveal he's in a wheelchair, I'm like, oh my god, he he's been he can't walk this whole time. I never noticed it. All makes sense. You you didn't know. I don't talk about it, Kurt. Well, I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I mean, it really was that early when i saw him wiggle his toe that i was like he probably couldn't walk before i mean i've i've been waiting to figure out what the miracle was so i was i i'm looking for a miracle and, and that certainly would qualify so um for the rest of the episode i'm looking to either prove or disprove that theory and obviously you can't prove it until the last time you see him in the past mm-hmm. in the wheelchair um but you can you couldn't disprove it at any point so i i spent the whole episode assuming that he couldn't walk before he before the crash Mm -hmm. well good on you (laughs) much more observant than i your kevin garvey levels right there oh yes kevin i'll I'll take that compliment uh so yeah we just see him you know gets up or yeah he just dazed and confused cut we see the people and there's something or someone in the crash going about turns out it's boars they run out and i mean i guess people eating boars they're eating the dead bodies there so this sparks the discussion of well, it looks like they're going to be here for a while and we've chatted about it before what are you going to do about the bodies they talk about yeah. burning bearding but you know what to do and the biggest thing is whether or not they should have a memorial and by that i mean most people agree they should have a memorial Mm-hmm. But Jack, Jack, surprisingly, does not care for Memorial at all. <laughs> or no, he's just an added level of <laughs> of neutrality, run of the mill. You think? You think? You think that's it? He seems actively against it. 
the whole no, time. I, no, I, I, so, all right. I, I think that part of the reason why I didn't love this episode was uh, I pretty much in my head called everything before it happened. <laughs> so, so uh, but I, I don't want to say anything more about the other thing that I called in my head before it happened. But uh, I, I do want to mention, though, why is anyone going into the fuselage to see what was eating people in there? <laughs> I'm not going in there. I mean, they went as a squad. They got like lights on. I mean, gotta do something. I don't care. Jack going to leave it there the whole time. Just absolutely. I I'm hiding. I'm I'm hiding and hoping <laughs> they don't notice that I'm there. I really like this. This uh, I lost a lot of respect for Jack. I didn't have a whole ton of it to begin with, but <laughs> but. To, to have him go and lead a party into the fuselage where there is some sort of human eating creature and we know what's on this island he knows what's on this island knocking down trees and, and killing people why do you go in there what's the point what are you hoping to accomplish I mean I mean, I can think of a poster like you, you need to start like getting your own food supply even in this episode they bring up they're out of food you know what I mean you need to start getting a food supply so if it's an animal food uh and i don't know uh, morality if everyone's just sitting there scared out of their minds that there's something i don't know like, hiding won't solve the problem though because they'll just come back keep eating the dead bodies i guess i don't think hiding is a good solution okay hold on though <laughs> i don't want i don't want to spend too much time <laughs> this is really not the point of this episode but... <laughs> <laughs> but do we stop the wild boars eating the bodies? Or well, I guess they don't know it's wild but boars. But I think yeah. that you let them go until they leave, and then you then you do what they do next is to plan how to prevent them from coming back. All right. So uh as far but let's get into your idea of burning the bodies because you have brought this up before. Um and it is an interesting question. Is burning the bodies the right move? What do you think is the other move? Well, I think we got to think about this two ways. Is it practically the right move, and is it morally the right move? So yeah, I told I told you, and you you laughed at me when I brought this up of using them as bait. And clearly, these wild boars like the taste of uh, maybe not like, but they're willing to eat human, right? <laughs> they're really immoral, <laughs> very immoral, but very practical as well. Oh boy, that's, that's a line. Though I would not cross that line, I would probably be pro burning. Also, I, I think that I, I would be pro-burning here, too. And I, and I actually gained a level of respect for Jack when he said we do it at night because he's hoping to attract. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great idea. You know, maybe somebody in the sky sees it. That's, that's great. Hmm. Um, and I don't have any moral problem with burning the bodies. I think they, they, need, to, they need to go. You got to do something. You can't just leave yeah. a bunch of dead bodies lying about. And yeah. bearings too hard. And, yeah. yeah. They don't have any good tools and... Just man, it takes way more effort to bury. Yeah, it's not an option. So, no, I, I think burning is is the right call, and I think it's honestly, I think it's the respectful thing to do. You know, mm -hmm. it's a lot more respectful than just having them rot and decay and get eaten by boars. Yeah, that's but, what um, I forgot who said that, but yeah, someone someone did comment on that. Yeah, yeah, better to burn them than let them be. It sounds eaten. like a, I I remember somebody saying it too, and I don't remember who it was, but it sounds like a Sawyer thing to say. <laughs> oh, Sawyer. Uh. Okay, so then, you know, cuts, and we see the master survivalist, Saeed, of course, at work. Making what a guy. <laughs> triangulating signal. He's MacGyvering together. <laughs> what a guy. A tennis. Saeed, my man. Like so, so do you like him or do you hate that he's just this plot person? They just, he's the little, writers could use him. He's a little OP. He is a little <laughs> OP. This bit is just, I don't know how he's MacGyvering this stuff, but he's just, yeah. <laughs> For those of you familiar with the term OP, it means overpowered. Like yes. he's, he, he's a little too powerful. But... Like Superman, yeah, he's just too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know what's funny, funny that you mentioned that? Well, I was just playing this uh, the Jackbox trivia games uh, with my family this weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were playing the one where uh, it's the, um, the survey one, sur uh, the surveillance one. Um, Anyway, it, basically, they survey a whole bunch of people, and you have to guess what percentage of people responded which way. And the last question of the game was, which superhero uh, is re is the least liked by people, right? And and Superman ended up being 
the number one answer as being the least liked superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and my, none of my family could understand what was happening and why <laughs> that would be the case. And I said, well, it's because he's too overpowered. Like, yeah, he's too good. He'd do anything. I think that's like an evolution of uh, the way people like character. I, I, I had to take like a, one of my writing classes was like all about comic books, college oh. class. And oh. it was kind of good, but also really hard and terrible. Far my least favorite class in terms of the work <laughs> I had to do. But the content was pretty cool. But yeah, it, it's the development of what people like in a character. People used to love things like Superman. And he was one of the first really big superheroes. Not the first, but one of the first big ones. And yep. he's just this all good moral person. And people like that. Just like this shining hero to look up to. Yep. Almost kind of like Captain America as well. Just like this shining, all good force. And in this case, Superman. Basically all powerful. And he got more and more powerful with time. And then eventually it starts transitioning. People start liking more like questionable superheroes like you know the watchman and i mean eventually yeah. get batman and stuff and like more vigilante-esque superheroes that did you did you read watchman for that class uh i had to learn about segments of watchman did not read i do want to read watchman because of that class but i've not done so now yeah and we we talked about this on the leftovers already on the, that podcast um in this episode four uh about how damon lindelhoff's other project was a television project as, as watchman mm-hmm. Uh, and so th- we may delve into that after we finish the leftovers, but we'll never finish the loss. We'll be in, we'll be on this <laughs> island forever. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> 120 whatever episodes. But... <laughs> Good call, Kurt. Yeah, anyway, no, no, no it's, I, I am enjoying it though. So I'm really glad that we're watching. I've been looking for an excuse to watch Lost for a long time. <laughs> so, but getting back to Saeed, uh, Saeed, I think is, uh, I mean, definitely the one I want on the island. Although uh, his utility as a plot device is a little vexing sometimes mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely definitely he's uh i think he's the most plot device character out of all of them in terms of just the writers say this guy you can do this he does that and he does that I, yeah anything technology related so he does it <laughs> he does yep. it yeah and he's making antenna to place you know different points on the island to triangulate the signal <laughs> i love that term triangulate <laughs> it works yeah you get three three signal points you can yep. you know works out <laughs> no, I, I don't know how he does that though i have no idea i don't think we're supposed to I, I would love to see someone who is an expert in this field like their their thoughts on saeed's and honestly you you don't really need three you, you can use two and it'll give you like a pretty good area yeah i you know what it it doesn't matter to me <laughs> so when, when the one breaks i wonder like does it really matter because two i think gives you like two possible locations i don't know how accurate i don't know anyway right <laughs> too much yeah. of the triangulation it's <laughs> it's it's like it's it's fine and they can do whatever they want with it i'm i'm on board with them you know say just knows how to do it they don't have to explain it to me i'm never going to understand it so yeah he's beyond our realm of comprehension yeah, exactly so we go on we'll see michael uh and his walt chatting and Walt wants to hang out with Locke, and Michael's still jealous of Locke, so oh, you know, hang out with me, you know, come on, stay with me, and he's like, Walt's like, but Locke, you know, ch- talks to me and stuff, you know, he, he likes Locke more than Michael still, and Michael still seems, he seems jealous of Locke, despite yeah. the dog thing, maybe it's because it's still a shot in his pride that he didn't get the dog, Locke got the dog, and then let him <laughs> give it back to his son. I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know why Michael doesn't like Locke after what he did for him. Seriously, yeah, that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, it's uh, Michael. I don't feel like Michael has done anything above and beyond for Walt that you know that, that would make him like him more. And I don't feel like I feel like Locke has gone above and beyond to make Walt like Michael mm-hmm. more. Definitely, and himself. Yeah, he's, he's done. He's done everything. He's done. He's gone above and beyond for Walt in general. Like he's. He's just a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. Minus the foreboding music occasionally, the orange in the mouth. Yeah, great guy. Oh, the evil looks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then now that wicked scar he has. <laughs> oh my gosh! Seriously. Okay, oh. then uh, we cut Hurley and Sawyer are seen fighting because um Sawyer hoard has the last stash of food. Yep. Because. Uh, Sawyer's a hoarder. What are your thoughts on that? First of all, so you're pr- you were pro Sawyer looting for like cigarettes and alcohol and whatnot. What about when he's hoarding food? That that's that's a bridge too far. Bridge too uh, far you know, it, it's it's fine. You want to keep the alcohol, the booze, and the cigarettes, and the Playboys. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, the the peanuts, that that's an issue. 
peanuts are for all. Okay, yes, yeah. and it's revealed we're out of food, right? And everyone's yeah, I mean, that's it's nourishment. Like they they need nourishment. Like the cigarettes and the alcohol is not going to sustain you. So I'm amazed there's not more of like a a panic when it's revealed there's no food. Well, because Locke has the solution. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Locke comes in, night throw, kind of. And now, I kind of forget that most of the characters don't know who Locke is. You know, we've gotten to know the characters and some of their relationships, but I've forgotten that Locke has barely, he's only really met Michael and um, Walt, really, is all we ever see him interact with. So all these other people, they meet him, and this is like the first, who are you? Oh, I'm Locke. And he just bore expert lock, right? The true oh my God, survival. He knows everything. We, we gave Sawyer the guy we want on the island with. Maybe we want lock instead because this guy is spinning off about, you know, hunting boars, what he's going to do, I right? Know. And then he just whips up this briefcase of knives sure that he brought with him, which has got to be illegal. Can you just bring him a case well, of he knives? He says he checked them. He said he checked them, but I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> how that oh. works. I'm not sure either. I mean, is this set 2004 or is it set prior to that? Yeah, it's true. I don't know what year it's set in. I mean, I know it was. Re- I know it was. Well, I know it was released 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, but, I don't know where the story is at. That's not pre 9 11. So yeah, yeah. It pre- that's what I'm wondering. It, maybe it is pre 9 11. I didn't think about that. That that would be good reasoning though. Yeah. yeah. Eh, maybe maybe that's it. But I don't know. How, maybe he does have special permission to check them on. What have you? But yep. he does have the He is, after all, Colonel Locke. He is Colonel Locke. What are your... I don't know when Jack... Jack does soon afterward comment about when um Kate asks him about Locke. He's like, I, don't, I mean, I don't trust the guy that brings a briefcase full of knives on you. What, what do you think of that as Locke's introduction to most people? Just this... Well, I mean, it's... it's Badass little... guy. That's just... yeah, little... Well, I, I, I can see Problem. it both ways. I can see some people thinking, wow, this this it's going to be really useful to have this guy here and then other people thinking oh my god this guy is a psychopath yeah yeah <laughs> so and then we cut back to um lock scene which i love the lock flashbacks in this they're, oh, they're all great so good. they're but, all they're the best so far to me i don't care yeah. what you say okay well, you well I, I really enjoyed the kate ones i, I i'm the telling you okay. tabula rasa last week really that one that episode did it for me but i'd say that um, that's a better episode but i like the flashbacks in this one more good flashbacks on this one for sure good, one, good ones to me so we see kind of a a bait you know you see him he's on the phone making him look like an army guy colonel lock yeah. ha 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 just got a regular dust job and he's getting he bullied the by the boss. point yeah at the rendezvous point colonel lock yeah. what are your thoughts on that when, when they first saw that scene that he's just a desk job did you were you expecting that uh, no, not at all. When when he's being addressed as Colonel Locke and and it's they zoom out and he's in his cubicle, I was I was not expecting that at all. Um, but then the guy, the boss, oh, this guy is just he's awful. He's Randy, <laughs> yeah. Randy, the boss, oh, just terrible. And and he starts talking about TPS reports. Now this is this is a big time joke. I don't know if you realize this or not, but have you ever seen the movie Office Space? No, I don't know. No. Okay, Office Space, very a very big movie. Um, came out in 1999. Didn't do a whole lot in theaters, but uh, is kind of a cult classic. So this is definitely a reference to that movie because in that movie, it's it's basically starts the the action kicks off with the main character in a cubicle and his boss coming over and bugging him about TPS reports and. <laughs> It's like I don't even know what a TPS. Yeah, report. I was say, what is a TPS report? Right. Well, it's it, but it doesn't matter. Like the, the point is that this is a reference to Office Space, and so it's really it was really funny. I I got a big kick out of hearing the guy say <laughs> TPS reports, but uh, but I was not expecting uh, him to be working a desk job at all. So they definitely sub- subverts expectations right there. Yep. The bait switch yep. right there. Yeah, especially when he's being called Colonel Locke. Oh yeah, I mean they're going all the way right there. Yep. They know what they're doing. Uh, I mean, obviously they know what they're doing. They're making this TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we cut back, uh, and the hunt squad's kind of been decided. It's going to be uh, Michael, Locke, Kate. They're going to go, those three, and get a boar to feed the people. Which, by the way, 
how much meat is on the board? Can can you really feed like everyone with the boar for that long? Yeah. Well, he said uh, he said what uh, did he say one hundred and fifty pounds or two hundred pounds? Yeah, yeah. Each of the babies are about a hundred, and the mother must be like two hundred something. Yeah, right. So I mean, that's I, that's a lot of it. Go a long way. That's true. Really that's a long a way. You know, and, and I mean, they're gonna have to. It's not gonna hold them over for a week, but they could at least probably all eat for a day or two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for the time being. Probably sort more if, things if out. There's you know a whole bunch of wild boar on the island, then their food problems are kind of solved. Except of course for Shannon, she's a vegetarian. Oh yeah, Sharon. Yeah, you don't want to. Oh, there's still some peanuts for her, so it'll be okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> live off the peanuts. <laughs> and so I, I like the fact that Jack brought up to Kate that you seem to volunteer for every mission to go out. Mm-hmm. So, because I was thinking the same thing. It's like, uh, why is she always going? What was your reasoning for that, too? Well, for saying. this one, it was to put the place the antenna. Oh yes, yes, okay, yeah. And I think she, I think she told Jack that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. the antenna. Yeah, Kate is always the one that goes out. It used to be her and Charlie, but Charlie didn't go on this one, so Kate's still. Oh, uh, poor Charlie. On everything, yeah, poor Charlie. Oh, speak. We'll, we'll get to Charlie in a bit here. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, before Mike leaves, he talks to Sun Quan and asks her to watch Walt, which is really confusing to me because it's he doesn't odd. speak English. A very odd request. I know they have a bit of... First of all, you've seen her naked. That's kind of awkward in its own right. Like, I would avoid her for that one reason alone. But you still talk to her. And okay. then now you're telling her to watch your son, which you can't speak English. So, so just... my thinking on this is the, the only reason that you do that is because you want to initiate some kind of communication. Of, of, yes, that's, yes. So, so I think Mike liked what he saw and, <laughs> and, and wants to maintain a relationship with son, which yeah. is, that's just wrong, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's not wrong because, because Jin is awful. He's the worst, but, <laughs> but right, you're, you're anti son Jin, but you're pro Michael son. I'm not pro Michael son either, but I'm, I'm pro son. Okay. And right now, Jin is the worst, and Michael's not doing a whole lot better. Yeah, I, I think that's terrible. Why would you leave your son with someone they can't really communicate that well with? Yeah, I'm not, 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 I'm not, I'm not rinsing on son. No offense there. Just, just Michael can't understand her. I mean, literally anybody else. Ask Shannon if you want, but yeah. like, you know, or, or Boone, like Boone, that would have been Boone's a great a good guy. guy. Boone's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's no, I, guy, heart of gold. I I love Boone. What's Boone, not to love? Boone is so, heart of gold guy. Yeah, he is, seems to be. So just like John Locke, you know. <laughs> yeah, heart of gold. Yeah. We also see, and we haven't seen her too much, and she started getting a bit more screen time here, and she will start getting more and more. Rose, remember who Rose is? Oh yeah, I know Rose. Okay, yeah. Rose, and she's dreaming about her husband, and it's mentioned, and people see her, and Boone. Uh, talks to Shannon about it, but Shannon doesn't care because Shannon's Shannon not about Shannon. That. And they they have this little dialogue about how Shannon can't do anything for herself. Scott, oh, I can catch a fish. Boone's like, I will try. You can't. And then she's like, oh, I will. And then Shannon's goal is to go catch a fish. And I gotta say, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed with because I, I I thought Shannon I was warming up to Shannon when she spoke French. Yeah, but, yeah, she seemed kind of useful. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even so much trying to force use utility on her. I, I. I really just like. I thought there was a little bit more to her. She might might be a little bit more layered than than initially believed. But uh, this scene really set her back quite a, quite a ways in my mind. I think this episode. I think this is a real Shannon building episode in my. Do you really? No, no, I'm teasing you. <laughs> It's a Shannon tearing down episode. <laughs> I think it's a funny one, though. Yeah, I suppose. And so uh, Jack goes to see Rose, and we see... Uh, I don't really want to talk about this more than once. Already? What? Does that happen already? Jack goes to see Rose? Oh, yeah, he does. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, he goes to see her after Boone and uh, Shannon talk about it. Uh, I don't want to go back and forth about it, so I think we can just talk about all the Rose and Jack stuff here. Okay, sure. So, do, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, so it's more of she's misses her husband, and we know her husband went to the back of the plane, sees the bathroom, and obviously broke apart. 
And Jack made the promise to her that, you know, he'd keep her company while her husband gone until he comes back and Yeah. Graciously Rose lets him off the promise, but Jack yeah. still comforts her and tells her about the memorial and Rose is grieving. Obviously she seems to be the only person that's lost anyone of the survivors, which actually amazes me. That we know of, at least. There's the background. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, entirely convinced of that, but yes, that we know of so far. Although I think that there's a pretty strong hint that, uh, that you know, I'm just planting a flag here right now. I'm probably wrong, but uh, that Jack's father may have been on the plane. Really? Why do you say that? Why do I? Well, I mean, I, to me, as soon as he said uh, family business, I was like, oh, there's, there's a, there's a family member that's going to be coming into play pretty quickly here. And then he sees the guy in the suit going off into the woods. And I say, okay, so his father's a doctor. Uh, <laughs> he thinks he's seeing his father. He's just so strongly believes it that he follows, which I, I took that to mean that there's, that we're supposed to at least question whether or not his father was on the plane with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about the man in the suit and a bit here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, uh... Could be his dad. That's a that's a good one. Okay. We we will get. I don't know if we get a Jack battle episode soon. We do. There are a few this season. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I I think you'll you'll like Jack a bit more when you see his battle episodes. All right. Good. I think I think this next episode may be a Jack battle episode. Okay. I don't remember the title. Uh, I'm just in, from reading the description. It sounds like we're gonna get a lot of Jack. Mm-hmm. And, wonderful. Just yeah. what you love. So mm-hmm. they talk about a. a What's her husband's name? Uh, Bernard. That's what it was. Okay. And uh, yeah, Bernard. And Rose is hopeful she's still alive. He, or he's still alive when she finally gets up. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think this is... We, we talked about Game of Thrones rules for Lost. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're still <laughs> yeah, abiding by that? Because if we are, Rose is crap. He's not dead. We didn't see him die. That's true. Um, I, well, first of all, I, I want to say that I, that I really did... I really like Rose and I'm, and I'm interested in her and I'd like to see more of her. I like Rose uh, as well. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm happy about that. Um, as far as her belief that Bernard is still alive, well, I, th- I certainly think it's folly, but I also think that, um, I, well, I think she's going to be very disappointed, although she may never really know. Um, but I think that if I were in that situation, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. Yeah. She's definitely some sort of like shock and grieving thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack talks about how like she's in shock. Everyone's in shock. So, yeah. Over this accident. How yeah, and, and one of the stages of grief is denial, and certain, mm-hmm. certainly she could be in the denial stage of grief. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that she, I, I can, I can very much sympathize with her, and and think that there's a very good chance that I may be in the same situation. Like I, I might be thinking the same thing if I were her that i need i need to believe that there's still hope that he's alive yeah certainly certainly so i don't begrudge her that i think she's going to be either disappointed or never know so mm-hmm. do you want to talk, is that is that it with rose do you think or anything else uh there's nothing else i, I need to say about rose i don't think okay, i'll tie that with the bow throw with rose for the episode so uh, <laughs> i'm gonna get back to the point here so this is where the shannon comedy comes in shannon delegated by her, or challenged by her brother believes and i i think this is a great it's, it's the cornerstone of our country and bureaucracy in general is delegation right delegation mm-hmm. delegation delegation you get a task you give it to someone else and then if you have it if you're given that task optimally you give it to someone else and that's exactly what happens here shannon kind of you know early charlie like said a comment about how he likes shannon like oh she's going i'll go too something like that right <laughs> yeah, so, yeah we already got the seeds of that shannon starts talking to charlie and he's obviously uh, subdued or whatever he's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> like chatting with her and he's like can you fish he's like yeah yeah i can fish and <laughs> you know it says oh well, yeah give me a fish and charlie's like of course of course i could you fish then charlie goes finds hurley well we, we don't actually see him asking but we see hurley doing spearing for the fish as charlie watches him do yeah. it so we see that charlie subcontracts it a level down to hurley what, what do you think about <laughs> this is kind of comedy there's not much to root into it absolutely it is it's also a little bit racist so, <laughs> on charlie's part i mean that you know why, why is why is he going to hurley for help oh you think so i Wait, do what? because hurley looks like an islander he oh, looks i didn't think about that i didn't think yeah he like a, a pacific or whatever like a, yeah he looks like a pacific I islander think so, so i think there's there's a there's a little 
element of racism here on Charlie's part that he goes to Hurley and just assumes that Hurley can do this. And, and Hurley basically says as much. Yeah, I used to fish off the boat with my grandfather or whatever he says. <laughs> It's, it's really, really not into spear fishing here. I think you did, um, you didn't mention, but I, I just wanted to mention. It seems as though Charlie is almost out of drugs. Yes, yes, he's running low, lower and lower on supply. And what do you think is going to happen? Let's talk about that real quick. What do you think is going to happen when he runs out? Because he, he's he's eventually going to run out. It looks like. Yeah. Well, then he just goes to the nearest methadone clinic, right? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that's how they escaped the island yeah it's episode like seven he runs out and he's like well guys i'm gonna go make a boat so i can go to the nearest clinic or i'll just make a plane and i'll fly out because i gotta get more drugs like yeah exactly he's, he's the real macgyver on the island we didn't know that yet. <laughs> it just, he just needs the the inspiration or the the motivation to do it which yeah. is the only issue for him well no i think that this is going to be a big problem and they made a, a point of showing that, that he's running low um i think that it, what happens my understanding anyway uh when drug addicts go through withdrawal is it's not all that pretty we, so. we've seen him uh, during when we saw him in the plane i think episode two is when we saw his scene in the plane it might have been episode yeah it was episode two yeah when we see him he starts shaking the seat and he you know he really you know goes in the bathroom to take a hit and whatnot and that's the whole reason why he goes and, and keep in mind he risks his life to go into this jungle because oh, yeah. he wants to get his drug back that's how that's how much you know he cares about the drugs to him yeah so and i still want to know why his fingers say late but yeah I, yeah me too actually <laughs> but do you I, not know i i don't remember <laughs> so i don't know why do you remember I, the we do find out i do not know <laughs> it's a long it's a long tv series Fantastic. i think they forget i my biggest assumption is that's something to do with this band but i don't actually know it's band okay. name uh, I don't think it has late in the title, but anyway. Does it? Okay. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> is it just one hit wonder? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we can. You want you want to finish up the Shannon storyline? I know we're going to go crying. Yeah, that's fine. I, and I I get a, I did get a pretty big kick out of <laughs> out of them trying to fish there. It's the it's the way Shannon. So when Shannon eventually Hurley gets it, Hurley celebrates, gives it to his boss Charlie. He celebrates for his employees done him well. He celebrates, goes to Shannon. Her employee's done well, so she celebrates because now she's going to get a promotion with her boss, technically, in a way. Boone, who told her the challenge, goes to Boone. Boone rips her a new one. Like, that is a... Well, first, Charlie gives it to her in front of Boone, so Boone sees the whole thing. And, yeah. Because you know, Shannon... So, what do you think about... This really shows Shannon's mindset because she honestly feels like she's the one that got the fish, right? And... <laughs> I think I think there is some merit to what she's saying in the sense that she did get the fish, right? She she went out and she got the fish. Now she didn't do it by normal. She did not catch it herself, but she said, "I'm gonna go get the fish," and she did get the fish. It's in her hand. Yeah, I I, I yeah I can see her believing that. Um, or vegetarian, good fisher. Yeah, yeah, right. I thought she was a vegetarian. There's two more points on this, too, I want to point out, which is they're spearfishing, but the fish doesn't seem to have a spear hole in it, which is what amazed me. I'm like, how did that fit? It looks like they just cleanly picked it up. It was on the other side. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true, but, maybe, yeah. but, I, but I, I don't, I'm not going to get hung up yeah, on yeah. that. But that's fine. Two is, I imagine how charlie how, how each of the like hurley and charlie they know they're out of food but they willingly like hurley willingly gives up the fish to charlie not knowing what he's gonna do with it right maybe he thinks he's gonna get some of the fish and then charlie just gives up to shannon because he just likes shannon but i don't know i can't believe that's that willing maybe they don't maybe fish. they don't like fish <laughs> maybe oh yeah My son doesn't like fish. Fish. i don't like fish either i like tuna that's it <laughs> tuna's good man. yeah do you like fish oh i love fish oh disgusting i love it i've got i've got two two sons uh the in july they'll be nine and five uh the five-year-old would eat sushi every night if we let him raw salmon so good he he loves it um my nine-year-old won't touch any version of fish hates it all i do like sushi as well especially with that spicy bacon stuff anyway (laughs) i'm myself hungry now it's delicious yeah i know i want to go get some but um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, the, the fish thing, uh, it's it's interesting because uh, we, we kind of have an idea now of, of the currency in w- with which Shannon deals. Uh, and I, that definitely makes me less 
high on Shannon than I was when she spoke French. More Lucia has gone down. Uh, oh boy! But yeah. her mindset's really interesting. It really makes me want to see what else she'll do because of just the way she sees the world and interacts with it. Yeah, it is interesting that you, like you mentioned, that that she actually believes that she caught the fish. Yeah, just yeah, it really blows my mind. So. Now we see another John Locke flashback. It's the break room. It's a rendezvous point. He's playing the game with his co-worker. They're into a kind of role-playing else, playing this war game. It's whatever. It's all good. Then Randy comes, the boss, and he's bullying poor Locke about this guy just in general. And Locke brings up his walkabout title of the episode. It's the walkabout. This isn't a very great title name. Just kind of, I'm not going to go into it that much. Bach tries to go into walkabout. That's about it. Not terrible title, I guess, but nothing too deep. Oh, no, but I think it's a pretty good title. I mean, first of all, it's oh, got wait. the word walk oh, right Oh, my God. <laughs> Just thought about that. You're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so that's the first thing. And second of all, like the way Locke defines walkabout is like it's it's not just a walk. It's like a spiritual journey. And, and, and certainly, I think he must have had a spiritual awakening if he's referring to the fact that he can walk now as a miracle. So um, I, you and I have often talked about how uh, both with both leftovers and lost, there's always this conflict between a man of science, man of faith. Um, and it seems to me like they're setting up Locke to be a man of faith. Locke, Locke is certainly a man of faith in this. Yes. Yeah. There, there are people of science kind of like Jack, especially Jack, yeah. and Saeed usually, but then you get people like Locke that are, they, they believe they think everything not everything but they believe in signs you know you mm-hmm. go with your feelings and whatnot and yeah so that goes yeah i actually re- i actually really like the title of this episode i thought it was good yeah you know i i don't know why that passed me over about the walk it, it's an okay <laughs> one though i i it, it's middle tier it's better than some of the ones but not as good as some of the leftover the two leftover ones and not as good as tabula rasa i think that was a really, yeah. that was a really good title man oh yeah oh, i don't know which is better that one or two boats in a Two boats and helicopter, yeah. No, I think I, I like well. Two boats and helicopter is great, but you have to work to get there. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you get to the old story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Tabula Rasa, it, meanwhile, is kind of the opposite. It's also great, but it's kind of on the nose. So, uh, like, as, as as long as you look up what Tabula Rasa means, it's like, oh yeah, of course, it's there, 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 there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but th- those two are fantastic titles. That, By far the best for either series. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> um, so because Tabula Rasa is a title and lost, but Two Boats and a Helicopter certainly isn't. That's season one, episode three of of uh, the Leftovers. Yeah, you should check that out if you haven't already. We have a podcast <laughs> for that as well. There's Team Podcast. You've probably seen in the feed. Check that out. <laughs> nice plug, Mr. Sal. Good work. Oh yes, thank you. So <laughs> we we also hear about Helen and Randy. Kind of makes fun of him. Oh, you got a girl, whatever. So. What were your thoughts when you first heard about Helen and Locke? So my initial reaction was that he's married, mm-hmm. um, that this is his wife, um, and that Randy's a complete toolbox. I can't stand him. Like, I mean, yeah, you're just made just a mean person. There well, we go. Into why do you antagonize this poor guy? Just, you know, but this is where we first hear Locke say, "Don't tell me what I can't do," which mm-hmm. is apparently if if you were going to make a T-shirt. For John Locke, it would say, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. So, okay, you saw Helen's his wife, fair enough. And, yeah, yeah you're aware right. that, or you're you're suspecting he cannot walk. Don't know how you're suspecting this, but you've gathered this somehow. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, and, and then it's just furthered. By, by the, the camera angles. He, the camera angles, and he's only sitting down in the scene. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, he definitely can't walk, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sad. I thought that was such a great reveal. Uh, you make me feel. I feel so stupid now. You're like, yeah, I could tell. For, first, first <laughs> glimpse at it, I knew. I but sat I there the whole episode. I'm like, oh, whatever, right, right. And then, especially that bed scene, man. He like knowing that he can't walk is so obvious. Look at that bed scene. But like, when, when, oh, anyway, we'll get there later. It's just yeah. No, I, I think that I just, I'm, I'm I've been, ex- I've experienced a lot of Damon Lindelof, and uh, so I, I kind of saw that one coming. Fair enough. So it, it doesn't ruin it for me though. I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, so yeah, still good. So, yeah. so we come back to the real time. Lock, Kate, Mike, they're on the hunt. Yeah. And they mess up, kind of. Uh, actually, I it, I think it's the mess up that causes Lock to 
he's passed again because when he wakes up, I think he says Helen or Helena or something. And but anyway, Mike gets hurt. It's the big thing yeah. to take away from this. You know, his leg, something's up with it. We don't quite know. And he's got to get back to camp. And Locke, yep. no, so we Locke asked that he need two other people to help him, and they've messed up getting the boar. So we assume, okay, they'll go back. But Locke's like, nah, he's going in for the boar. What were your thoughts on that yeah. one, Locke's like, I'm going solo. Yeah, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah, don't tell me what I can't do. It <laughs> says that again. Yeah, yeah, he does. It doesn't. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Well, yeah. well, what are your thoughts on that when he just goes in? Well, I think that he recognizes the situation that they're in, um, first of all, and that they, they really need this board. This is not just like for fun. They need it. <laughs> so um, I think that he is he, he just seems like a survivor who's going to recognize necessity and go for it. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think that there's also an element of well, two things. Uh, pride, like he's just excited about his his new legs. Exactly. Uh, uh, so I think there's that, and then the other the other thing is I think there probably is an element of him feeling like uh, somewhat invincible. Like mm. uh, the plane crashed. I not only did I survive, I got my legs back. Yeah, I, I come no, out stronger. <laughs> you know, no, no boar's gonna 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 knock me out. Forget that. So I. I also thought of an element of he's he's made this grandiose promise to the people. Oh, I can get this boar with these people, yep. right? And so to come back a failure would really ruin his street cred. That I think Locke does care about how the people view him. It's just this. Yeah, that's you want to because this is we talked about Tabula Rasa in the last episode. This is his rebirth in a cool way. You know, he's kind of like getting picked on by his boss, and we'll see some other. Yep. It gets much sadder his life in a way, right? You know, yep. just sadness in his life, and now he's starting to shape up to be this really cool. Like killing machine in a way for hunting, yeah, absolutely. And everybody's just buying right into it. Oh, definitely, definitely. I I have to say that the big surprise to me in this episode was that conversation that he had with Helen on the bed, though. Yes, and we'll get uh, actually. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. And I'll cut back to say real quick. So yeah, let's let's talk about that when. So we see him in the bed. And he's yeah. on the phone, and he's chatting with Helen, or Helena, I forget, what's her name? Actually, Helen. Helen, okay, Just so it's Helen. She's chatting with Helen on the phone, uh, you know, talking about work, and this uh, walkabout, and Helen's like, oh, you've been talking nonstop for weeks, or whatever. Yep. And it's not really shown to us why, you know, we just, I, I thought, yeah, they're, you know, in a relationship. I didn't think they were married, but I thought they were in a relationship of some sort. Right, so I did, I thought they were married. Now I see them on the phone, and I'm thinking, okay, they're not married, but they're they must be like dating or something. Yeah, yeah, dating boyfriend girlfriend, something, yeah, some sort of relationship. And then Locke tells her that he bought her. A t- this is one of the more sadder scenes of Lost. This, this is the saddest scene to me, maybe so far. This is a really sad scene to me. Lost. Yeah, it's like I bought you a ticket as well, Helen. And Helen's yeah. like, John, no, no, you, you can't. This is just a job. Uh, yeah. Locke, you know, it's it, it's she says, like, you know, I've only known you for a few months. Locke even says, No, it's been eight months, he knows the time exactly. No, and it's so sad. And she even like has, Look, I, if we keep talking, I'll have to charge you for another hour. You don't have the 89.95, 89.95 an hour. I'm like, wow, yeah, and that's a, that's a that's a steep rate. That that is a steep rate, and I think that this so prior to this, I mean, I mean, yeah, it looks like he's a boring office job and gets picked on by his boss, but it's nothing like terribly sad like maybe he yep. does like his job they make they're trying to make it look like a boring office job by the way they show up but you know maybe he does enjoy his work i don't know what he does yeah when they show I, this I, helen I mean, scene it really just oh let's go oh, he's, he's, yeah, he doesn't have companionship right doesn't no he's just, paying for it in fact oh yeah paying top it, dollar yeah which which is really i mean i you know i i remember seeing ads for this type of service like in the 80s and 90s i didn't oh, know wow. that, <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't know that like paying paying for companionship was was still around and actually those ads were all purely like phone sex it wasn't like you know call and like chat. actual conversation yeah okay. yeah yeah so so this that, but that made it even sadder to me uh, but it, but it also what it did was uh make me realize that that plane crash was probably the best thing that ever happened to him oh yeah really for I mean, everyone for everyone in that crash, their life has been made worse because of the crash. But John yep. Locke, to me, is the one... I mean, 
I don't even think it's an argument. It's like the one that, especially to him, made his life better. Because you see him smiling on the aisle. Like, even before oh, we're yeah. revealed to it, he's smiling. He's got that orange in his mouth, playfully. He's playing backgammon. This guy's loving life again. Absolutely. He's got it. I- and and rightfully so. I mean, really, he's he's got a tabula rasa here. He mm-hmm. he. Nobody knows what he was, uh, and, and he can be this, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> Steve Irwin crocodile hunter if he wants to be. You know, so it's it's really. Uh, and I'm I'm happy for him in that regard because that looked like a miserable existence. Yeah, yeah. I I think the tabula rasa applies to Locke more than anyone else. Though it was Kate's episode, I think it applies even more to Locke because. Yeah. Some people know about her past, but locks, no one, no one knows. People. Know. Yep. I'm interested to see if anybody, if he ever reveals to anybody. Mm, interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. What his past is like. So we see um, so we go back to Kate and Mike because Locke goes into the woods or not woods, jungle. Sorry, to go get a boar, and there Kate tries to go for the antenna, starts climbing up, and messes up and. I hear the boar or whatever. Or no, not the boar. Well, it's I think the big they, monster. Yes. The, right. The beast. Yeah. The beast. Yes. The beast. Yep. Sorry. And you know, it makes a noise. They look over and, oh, this is the beast noise. And, you know, they're kind of concerned because we're later told that it was heading in Locke's direction where he went. So they were probably concerned for Locke, obviously. Yeah. And then we see Locke. And now this, this is something that I think makes this episode even better, kind of, is now Locke says he didn't see anything. And maybe he didn't see anything. But um, we see Locke, and he does look up, and he does look at it. it oh, yeah. All, all we say, it looks like he's looking at something, though I don't think Locke would lie to us. So I don't think he did see anything. It's, uh, well, he, not, but he's not talking to us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, really, he that that was one thing about the episode that, I mean, it's, it's really cool it, in retrospect, but it kind of infuriated me in the moment. Inf- it's, like, it's a really quick thing. Like, if you, if you were looking from the episode, you would never notice it. Because well, he just says he didn't notice it. He says so nonchalantly. It's never pressed on. There's only one time it's brought up past that. And that's when they ask yeah. him, did you see it? He's like, no, I didn't see anything. And that's it. And But, that, but I mean, you got to realize that when that aired, that was a cut to commercial. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so it's like, there he is. He's staring into the camera, which is above him. So we can kind of assume he's staring into the, into the, the eyes of the beast. Or whatever, yeah. And they cut to commercial and they come back and they don't even go back to him. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't know if he's dead or alive. And then when you find out he's alive, he's just denying that he even saw anything. It really makes you question. Yeah. I. So how does how does he survive that? How, well, how does he? I think about why. How did he survive it? Why did he lie? Why did he not? Yes. I know. There's, there's 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 a big there there. And I'm, I'm really anxious to see what it is. I hope we I hope we get it because that's one of the one of the biggest uh, questions that I have about this episode is, is what happened in that commercial break? <laughs> what happened in the <laughs> fade to black? Yes. Um, um, it wasn't right. even a fade to black. It was just a rough, yeah. just a jump. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, but we cut, yeah, Locke comes back with the goods, uh, got the boar. People are happy. And the conversation about oh, saw the boar. We went over this now, and or not the boar. You saw the big beast. No, I didn't see it. Must have went past me or something. But I've got yep. the boar. So Locke comes back a hero, and then we see. Actually, before we get to the memorial, I'll go back to what we kind of skipped over. Yep. We saw Saeed looking at pictures. Yep. And um, we can presume that this is his wife. After uh, I think Claire. Yeah, Claire's the one that finds these photos. Like how. Oh, Yep. Hey, these are for you. Which, by the way, you know, good on Claire for not looking through. <laughs> so maybe she did. She did. We didn't see her, but you know, just yeah. finding it. But I mean, Claire is. She just seems like a really good person. You know, she she's got she's the a nice gal. Yeah, the wedding planner, and she's that she had given to Jack earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she wants to do this memorial service. She gives Saeed these pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, she just seems like a like a really nice person. Yeah, she's she's the most pro memorial person of all of them. She's kind of the even when the memorial starts, she's the person. She's the one reading everything. She's like the the head mm-hmm. of the memorial here. So yeah, definitely. It's definitely a shame that she ate that poison sea urchin earlier. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna wait till that kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we. So Said has a wife. Any thoughts on that? Just has a wife. 
Uh, no, I think that's fine. You know, lots of people have I, wives. Yeah, uh, uh, he reacts pretty. He doesn't seem all that. He he never seemed that worried about not being with his wife at all. Because as far as we know, the only other person that's has a relationship with someone that they're no longer with them because of this crash is Rose. And in fact, hers is kind of more dire because, yeah, could be dead. Yeah. Probably dead. Bernard. Saeed, at least, she's alive. He's pretty confident she's still alive, but yeah. can't be with her. But that's the only relationship we really see of anyone that they might be missing. I guess maybe Locke misses Helen, but that might have been their falling out. I don't, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he doesn't care anymore now that he walks. So he's like, who needs Helen? I've got these legs. Yeah. No, that's a good point, though. We really haven't seen much uh, to be missed on the mainland. Yeah, no one really misses, uh, yeah, relationship-wise, or even kid-wise. Yeah, people don't seem to have a family. Right. Most are, you know, their parents. Probably, I mean, Walt, but... Walt lost his mother, but... But she was already yeah. gone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so this is a question I had for, like, John Locke. Maybe it's part of his miracle, right? But, like, you know when he, like, stands back up and he walks around? Mm-hmm. How does he walk after not being able to walk? Like, I'm not saying, like, he got... Fi- like, when astronauts come back, they yeah. struggle to walk, right? This man yeah. does not walk. He, they say it's four years he's been in the wheelchair. He says so. So he hasn't walked for four years. He just gets up and starts walking. Like, there's no way he's a leg no, muscle. Not, I, mean, I mean, really, it, the muscular atrophy would be just enough to... But that, not only does he get up and walk, he runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, but I think that's part of... It's part of the miracle. The idea that he thinks it's, it's a miracle, you know? Sure. Um, so maybe that adds some credence to his belief versus. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you. Do do you think do you think this is more faith or more? I mean, I know where I lean on this, but do you think it's more faith or, or could it be rationalized or is it more faith? That well, I I mean, more... I I definitely feel like there are supernatural elements to what we're seeing here and lost. No, certainly, um, yeah. So so because there because I know there are supernatural elements, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall into the camp of this is a this is a um uh supernatural faith. spiritual, faith, super, spiritual faith thing yeah thing that, I, I would agree with that as well yeah yeah okay. uh so we go about the memorial more jack he doesn't even attend the memorial why do you think why do you think he doesn't even sit by the memorial well because his father's in there mm. <laughs> or because his father's in the woods <laughs> this is freaking him out. Also, when we see Jack running into the woods after his father, we talked about Kevin Garvey and the leftovers. Oh, you're, you're admitting that it is his father? No, I'm just saying that because you said it's his father. I, I'm okay. going to go with that. That is <laughs> you're trying to. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Kevin, Kevin Garvey. Kevin Garvey sees the mystery man, and his sanity is put into question because yeah. of a. And Jack ran into him. Uh, who's with her? Was it Kate that was with him when he ran in? When no, he ran, he ran into the woods to chase after the father. We're gonna call him the father. Uh, no, it was Rose. It was Rose. Okay, so it was Rose that came with him. But they were like, "Oh, what are you, what are you doing?" And he just, you know, he's so confused and looking. So, do you think? I think it, I think it was Rose. Was it Rose? I I don't remember. It's, yeah. it's got to be Kate or Rose, though. One of those two, certainly. One of those two, yeah. But so, do you think? What do you think about Jack's sanity? Um, I'm not ready to question his sanity yet. I think that, uh, he, you know, has just had this conversation with Rose Mm -hmm. about her belief, her belief that her husband's still alive. And I think that there's some suggestion there, uh, that gets, you know, put into his head that maybe his father's still alive. If his father was on the plane, if his father wasn't on the plane, then yeah, I think we have to question Jack's sanity. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. if his father was on the plane, I think that this is now just this new seed of hope that Rose has planted in his head that maybe his father's still alive. Um, if his father was never on the plane, then I think you're absolutely right. We, we need to probably question whether Jack is sane or not. Well, we'll get our answers. I'm if sure that's his father. We don't, we don't quite know. It's never been revealed. Boy, if that's not his father... <laughs> um, Boy, I, I mean that that'd be it could like be a random guy to see. Maybe the guy is real. It just nobody see. It's just the guy. That'd be like John Locke getting up off his bed and and after the conversation with Helen and just walking across the room. <laughs> Sits back down. I, I would I'd have been very disappointed with that. <laughs> oh, you know that would be a great double buff. They make it look like he, yeah. he's a real terrible. Really, he does it the whole time. They just made it look like he did. 
but you know that he does say that it was it's only been like three years that he's four. been he said four yeah four okay yeah so it's only been a, a, a while so I, I i wonder what happened to make him lose his legs and i, and I yeah I get to know we, that. we do get we do get more uh lock stuff as well right. on the line uh i won't say whether or not we get the origin story to his legs but we see more about lock so there's no need to fear more lock uh, will be here oh i know lock's gonna be there for the duration so, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because we'll probably finish up just talking about Locke with his last scene. Because that's about the end of the episode. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about the memorial. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, what about the memorial? Well, in, during the memorial, um, first of all, Claire is running most of it. Which mm-hmm. you know, she's she's wonderful. She's just, she's she's just a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, Charlie is doing drugs <laughs> during the memorial. When it comes to the memorial, just. Off. Sometimes people got to go to the bathroom smoke break. He takes his drug yeah. break. Yeah, but I think that this drug break is probably of significance because we're seeing it. So, um, <laughs> so, and I think that the significance is that he's just about out, and now he's like extremely disappointed because he thought that he was uh, making some progress with Shannon, and come to find out that he was just, <laughs> it was a kind of a uh he's he was duped it was just work yeah Uh, yeah um yeah and again you mentioned jack just skipping the memorial altogether which i think works in the context of his of if that man was his father and he was on the plane now again all of my theories are shot to hell if his father was not on that plane so i'm not sure uh where i'm gonna go if that's the case I, that, that, that's about it. I don't have anything else to add on that. So let's talk, so let's talk about Locke here. His final flashback. Yeah. Yep. One of the best. Not one of the best. I really did like his flashback as well. So he's sitting there. He's traveled to Australia. Made it. And he's ready mm-hmm. for the walkabout. But he's refused. And, you know, they, they're they skating on his condition. You know, saying his condition. They're not, you know. Yep. And then it's the big reveal. He's been in a wheelchair. Yep. How did you feel when they finally did the big reveal that he's been in a wheelchair? I mean, that's what I was expecting. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but I thought I thought it was I thought it was well done. But I, I there no shock there for me. Yeah. Um, and I you know I almost wished that he stood up, and walked around. Oh, that or I, I almost wish that I I didn't identify that so early because that it was just confirmation. It wasn't shock. Yeah. It was confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't take anything away from what's happening on the island um, because it, it just it makes it so much more you know, to, to see him just smiling as the chair is burning. Yes, that's what, that's what I want to talk about last day. It's just yep. you, you see it, you see a little grin from Locke as he sees the big fire and the wheelchair is part of it. Yep. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed this, but earlier in the episode, they were using that wheelchair mm-hmm. as a wheelbarrow. Yeah, yeah, they, they they use that as a utility thing, which is why I'm so curious why it's so close to the fire. Yeah, they they do use the wheelchair, so. Yeah, I mean, it would have been. They should, I don't know why they burned it. Like it, <laughs> it was well, useful. Yeah, it's a useful thing, especially if someone gets hurt as well. I mean, you can wheelchair them around pretty easier than like lugging them around physically. But seriously, but so so I, I think there was some folly there. But um, but I like how how they they. I, I mean, it was pretty prominent. I noticed it. And this now the this is before I I knew that he was in a wheelchair before it was confirmed, um, but I noticed that wheelchair being used as a wheelbarrow, and I, I thought, oh, that's that's going to be important because I'm already in the I'm already thinking just looking for evidence for him being uh, unable to walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he gets in the argument with the Booker guy for the walkabout. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> Don't tell me what you can't do. And he yells that. Which, by the way, when the guy leaves the store to get on the bus to leave, is there anyone else in that shop? Like, he just leaves. I know. Him. That's what I was wondering. Like, he's the guy just yelling in the shop. They just leave him unattended in the store, yelling. Look, like, you don't want to leave an angry man in your Seriously. store if you're like this raving angry, like, yeah, raving angry guy. Yeah, like, that's, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But just another heartbreaking thing in Locke's story. None of them are good flashbacks. You never look at the flashback and feel happy for him. No, but but you can suddenly feel happy for him on the island, which oh, is certainly. so strange because you felt just felt nothing but sympathy 
for everybody except for Jin and Shannon <laughs> up to this point. Yeah, yeah. And and now it's like this isn't sympathy that I feel for John Locke. This is like I'm happy for him. This is excitement. Oh yeah, this, things are going good for John Locke. This is his element. His, his tabula rasa is reborn. People look up to him. He got the boar. There's the fire. He's a important member of this uh, survivor group. And I mean, I'm just gonna start calling him the Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel, Colonel Locke. That's a good nickname for him. Yes. So, how do you think he has all this information? Or uh, about... like, just just in general, because he doesn't have a military background, right? We know that. Uh, I guess he's only been in the wheelchair for four years, and you know he's had a life prior to 40 years so uh, we don't know what he's done in that life you know it's and true. It, it will be revealed to us we will see him pre-wheelchair i will tell you okay, that good. so you will you will see Locke's life or in the wheelchair good that's excellent but what are your thoughts on that and what he might have been doing beforehand well i well i don't i don't i don't have any solid predictions about what his life was like before he lost the ability to walk. But uh, because I guess I chalked most of his knowledge and, and, and expertise up to him really studying walkabouts. Um, and I, I, I guess I don't know what the wildlife in the Australian outback is like, yeah. uh, but I, I assume I'm assuming it was the outback he was going into I, I'm yeah that's, that's what i assume yeah, a, a yeah. walkabout in australia would be yeah so i i mean my assumption is that he probably really was excited about it and studied and and, and was planning on hunting obviously he had all those knives um i don't know if there are wild boar in australia though that's that's the thing um if there are wild boar in australia then that explains everything if there aren't then i don't know how he knows so much about wild boar yeah Maybe. so i was wondering too why he's just a wild boar expert I yeah. feel, my my initial, th- my initial thought would be are there wild boar because Australia's got a bunch of its own wildlife because of how separate oh, yeah. it's been. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But only there were some sort of interconnected series of informational pages upon which we could look up this information. Yeah, if only. So I guess we'll just have to wonder forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Any, uh, so is there anything else though you want to talk about, or you think that's a good wrapping up? Point? Um. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think I've uh, the, the only other thing I want to oh, hold on a second. Imported as livestock, pigs soon escaped and established wild populations that have expanded over time. Today, it is estimated that Australia has up to 24 million feral pigs. <laughs> they are among Queensland's most widespread and damaging pest animal. So oh, pest even. Right. There you have it. Oh, yeah, I forget so, when pigs get loose, they like turn wild. It's weird how pigs do that. Oh yeah, so so there there it is. Like that's that's why he knows so much about boar, because I'm sure that was going to be part of the walkabout. Yeah, he did, he, he did prep for it. Yeah, he said he, he he said I know more than you to the instructor guy or whatever the authority figure in it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. I don't doubt that. So um, the only other thing that I want to mention about this episode is I am growing increasingly disappointed that we have no references to the sea urchin. <laughs> I think I think you've got to bury that in the hatchet, yeah. Mr. Sal. Oh, really? When you were when you were talking about the sea urchin, I I felt bad because I knew how you were baking up the sea urchin. You're like, oh, uh, Damien Lindelof, this genius man. He nothing, everything is for a reason, right? His season two phrase. It's well, not two urchin. women in burka on their porch in episode. Yeah, that's true. Sadly, the sea urchin. But maybe maybe it's an even bigger thing, Mr. Sal. Maybe he does it. He puts miss signals on purpose because he knows his devout followers look for everything as a signal so he... well he didn't have devout followers when he was <laughs> doing episode two of law that's how that's how brilliant he is he knew he'd get devout followers oh so <laughs> that is next level meta that's it. <laughs> yeah, <real> meta. <laughs> there you go. Oh, but now yeah sadly it, it does look like Jin was just trying to get sway and have people like him i haven't seen a lot of Jin recently but That'll change. Yeah, that happens with people. People go, <laughs> people go out of style. They come back in. Just, uh, yeah, the way we get that. Uh, I'm characters. still gonna hold on to the belief that that was a, that was a poison sea urchin. Just Claire, Claire's immune to it for whatever reason. As an Australian indigenous, she sounds Australian. So someone from Australia. Yeah, I don't think with all the poisonous but things. Yes, yeah, yeah. indigenous. I mean, I meant that she just comes from Australia. My bad. But someone yeah. who born in Australia, all those poisonous things and killer animals. She's just grown immune to sea urchins, as many Australians do. Probably. Oh, Not really, but yeah, I like to think. That's, that, that, I guess we'll go with that, because that's about as uh, 
satisfied as I'm ever gonna get <laughs> with that story, apparently. So, uh, oh well. Oh well, what a shame. What's so, what? What are your thoughts on the episode now? Having talked about, it, still the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, having thought about it more, I, I'm I'm more impressed. I, I'm I don't know. Impressed is not the right word. Um, I'm more struck by and latching on to the idea that I, I'm I'm loving the contrast between John Locke's attitude toward the crash and everyone else's yes. uh, because this, this really was like the greatest thing that could have ever happened to him. Yeah. For where his life was right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. And that, that is very cool. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Argu- arguably you could argue the same for Kate possibly. Uh, but hers is definitely more wavering. Like you, you could argue because oh, she's going. We don't know what she's going to jail for. We don't know what her punishment is going to be. But she's getting. She's going to get some sort of punishment. She's going to get locked away at least. But right. Well, and, and like if there's ever a rescue, you know, she could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we. You know, but if there's a rescue, John Locke goes back and gets to rub it in Randy's face. Yeah, and- he's like, look at this. I killed this boar. I did yep. this. <laughs> Like, like really like yeah. everything's coming up lock yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I i do like the episode i still prefer tabula rasa but uh but this is a very good episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well glad you're still part of the lock fan club and uh, oh, i guess that's a good i guess that's a good wrapping up point so Sounds thank good. you guys for not watching but listening and thank <laughs> you for watching lost we'll be back next week with the uh, Episode 5 of Lost, do you know what the title is? I do. It's called White Rabbit. White Rabbit. Yep. Uh, feel free to email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys once again, and uh, see you next week.